morning, Patriots, and it's Saturday, October 7th in the year 2023. Today is the last day of the men's retreat here in uh, up near Clear Lake, California, which is about three and a half hours from Yuba City. Um, incredible light last night. We're going to talk about just some of the day yesterday and just the, all of what that represents in sense of the true sense of freedom. And it was powerful. I am... Um, the amount of healing that went on yesterday and the amount of release was just incredible. And just the power of how the Holy Spirit works is just um, sometimes just beyond words. Patriots, before we get going tonight or today, this morning, I guess it is still this morning, which is a good idea. Um, one thing to be really clear is, as we've talked many times, is this world is being run by a bunch of psychopath, pedophile elites. And since we know that, and we know that they're going to be doing everything they can to try to take away our lives and our fortunes and our sacred honor, uh, we have to do everything we can to make sure that that does not happen. Now, part of that is making sure that you are protecting your wealth, that you have earned hard and put it into something that's substantive and is not just backed by paper. That means getting your 401ks and your IRAs into a place where you can, you know that they're going to be safe and they're not going to be subject to the deflation and destruction of the paper dollar, which has no value. And and so that's getting them into something like a precious metals backed IRA. That's why we have the folks at Birch Gold. So if you head on over to, or not just head on over, just text 989898, text the word BARDS to 989898. Uh, you're going to get a free info kit from Birch Gold, and that's how you get yourself educated on what they have to offer. Then you can give them a call. They're the best around. They've been with us for over a year. They've been doing a great job taking care of Bards Nation. And this is a critical time right now to ensure that you've got precious metals backing your hard-earned money. That's how you endure this thing over time. And so head on over to, or, <laughs> I keep saying that, text 989898, Text that, text the word BARDS to 989898, and they will take care of you today. There you go. Pretty easy, and you want to do that. Okay, uh, we've got we've had a, a lot of stuff going on this week, obviously. This was really what it ended up being was, and for me, this has ended up being just a continual flow of BARDS Fest since we left Kentucky. We've had, um, I think the one thing that becomes very clear about what went on in Kentucky is that we didn't try to structure God. But rather, we open the door and let God in and let God flow with us and let the Holy Spirit fill us. And that's what we witnessed, what we felt, and how everybody was ultimately touched. And everybody was. There's one thing that the power of the Holy Spirit, when it touches you, is it will change you. And I've had so many feedbacks from people talking about how their lives don't seem the same anymore, which they're not. And I think that's something that everybody has to understand is that once touched, you're not going back where you thought you were. So it's a matter of where you go forward. And that's a lot of what we're dealing with here in a wonderful way. Glad Tidings, the Church of Glad Tidings has a very unique base. They, they really put the emphasis on the one, not the 99. And they have taken over the years a lot of uh, attack for doing that. It's one of the reasons that we, I'm so... I work so closely with this church and with, with Pastor Dave Bryan. Another reason why at the Bards Fest here in Yuba City with the Church of Glad Tidings, why we agreed and declared it to be the anchor point, the home base for Bards Nation, because of the emphasis on 
what they, their core mission is, which is deliverance and healing. And you see that here with a committed group of people, not just the staff, but also the people that attend. They come here to, to really open their hearts up to the Holy Spirit and to experience the freedom that comes from unburdening ourselves from this world. This is the second man's camp. And is just a, a kind of my own personal testimony to this this morning. When I sit here today and I look at what God has done with me over this last year, it's pretty humbling. And it's a place that last year, as I sat here, I can honestly say I am, I'm still at the core me, but I've been, there's been so much transformation in me over this last year. And it's, it's really an amazing reflection on when I stepped in here last year to speak as the guest speaker and where we are today. I didn't know anything about deliverance a year ago. And I really had little work even in, in, in most people know that I was pretty harsh on even the concepts of the prophetic because most of what I had witnessed came from the church of the dead stone walls, the skinny jean pulpit, and the pew marshmallows. Once you encounter an environment where all of that is set free and it's not a stage show, it's not an act, but it's just literally letting the Holy Spirit roll. You, your eyes open, your, your horizons change, and you start to realize just how powerful and how glorious our God is. And I say all this because there's, coming out of Bars Fest, we've heard, I, I think overall 99% of everything came out of there was amazing. But I know people witnessed things differently there, and they, seen, they saw things they'd never seen before. And part of that is just, in principle, because our relationship over this in this ministry has been built online and it's been built on some fundamental issues which I hold to and will remain holding to, which is knowledge that also also helps us translate our faith. But for my own self, even because I, I've carried some of that in here was was some of my strong biases against things like the prophetic and against things um, like deliverance. And again, not because of the effectiveness, but because what's out here in the world to a large degree is a stage show and has no Holy Ghost in it. It just is something to do to create a more exciting event. I would, and ultimately, I think a lot of it is just people trying to sometimes misusing the gifts, but and unfortunately misusing the gifts ends up being a circus show. It's the easiest way to say it. And I'm, I'm critical of it, and, I'm, and I stay away from it. But what has happened over this last year for myself on this journey is to be connected with people who truly understand it, who know how to bring it into the world, and witnessing then environments where it came to life and it has such incredible power to heal and to release. And when you start to see that happen and then you start to participate in that process of letting it happen, you begin to see a different world that God has created in our world here. Truly, when we say we are not of this world, there is truth in those words. And we need to be positioned to do just that. We're in a world right now designed around giving us burden. It's designed to amplify our mistakes. And somehow in this world, with the echoes of whispers of the father of, the father of lies, we end up listening to the lies more than the single words that Christ reminded us that all was forgiven. The cross was a very powerful event. And in being forgiven, we tend to forget that we are forgiven and we instead try to build the mounds and weights upon our shoulders 
so that at the end of our day, we walk around telling ourselves we're not worthy, which is probably one of the greatest lies ever fused into the church itself. And it's, it gets to the point when you see it and encounter it, not only do you want to remove it, but there's a righteousness that comes out in realizing just how damaging so many of the messages in the dead stone walls have been. These are messages that have been laid out and designed specifically to create a burden of guilt. And the only place of salvation is to sit in a pew and dump money into an offering plate. And that somehow is going to translate to freedom. And that's straight out of the Pharisees. And it's sad. And unfortunately, it's, it's, there's a greater sadness to that as well, because what we're looking at here are people that truly, truly could be set free in amazing ways had they had, if they had the connection with the true power of healing and, and the power of Holy Spirit. This here, in this environment, has been, is an intense environment. There's probably 30% of these men here that have been, it's hardcore criminals in the past. Be clear about this. They've done hard time. There is a guy here that um, doesn't want to come on the show right now, which is fine, but his testimony is incredible because he was literally a Sicario for the cartels. Now what that means is he was an assassin. And he is, this individual has come to Christ, has done over the last many years, and yesterday, was rebaptized again. His heart for Jesus is un, <laughs> you can't even measure it. And it's the power of the healing that happens when we open our arms and realize what Jesus was talking about when he was after the one, not the 99. We get very comfortable in what is, as a collective whole, it's a body in Christ, to want to go after those that are like us, not unlike us. And when we do that, we tend to box God in. But when you find those that are truly seeking salvation and you're trying to find those that understand finally with the weight and the burdens that they carry, with the paths that they've walked, and they step into these environments, it is off the chain of how powerful that transformation is. All of these men here have been baptized, by the way. And I say that because I woke up yesterday morning and Holy Spirit said, you need to have a baptism here. The great thing about Pastor Brian is even though he it's his event, he is open to whatever God speaks. So I met him for breakfast, and uh, I said, We're gonna, we need to have baptisms. I actually, what I told him is I had a word from God this morning, and he, he's, he looks at me, he's like, like, oh boy, here we go. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do baptisms today. He goes, you going down to the river? I said, yes, we're going down to the river. So yesterday at 11 o'clock, this is about 150 men here. We went down to the river. <laughs> and it was amazing. Got up into my heart that each, we started when we were in the, in the service in the morning. Pete Chambers was, was uh, speaking yesterday. And as Pete was finishing, God showed me the vision of the River Jordan. And as Joshua had them place a memorial stone, of the, for the 12 tribes as they were crossing the river. Now, why this is important, and I've talked about that scripture before, and it's a powerful moment because it gives an anchor point. And those 
men then, as they moved forward, were able to look back on that moment and remember the power of the Holy Spirit that lived within them. They were witnessing the splitting of the Jordan, the splitting of the Jordan River. They were witnessing the power of unity. They were witnessing the, the power of the Holy Spirit within them. And so as war goes on, it was a reminder of the unity of tribes as, things would, as the enemy would try to divide. So what Father did yesterday is just said to me, look, I need you to have them each carry a rock. And I want you to have them baptized with a rock. And that rock is going to represent their Jordan moment. That they're going to, as they are baptized, once they step away from the river, they will carry that rock and post that rock on the bank. And it will be their reminder of freedom. It was incredible to witness. About 80 to 100 men, we're not really sure the total count yesterday because it was going, it went for a while. Brian Derrico, who is at, um, he's from the Church of God Tidings. If you remember, he and his wife, Alicia, were at Bards Fest. Brian Derrico and I got in the water and we baptized 80 to 100 men yesterday, each one carrying a rock. And every time you could see by the size of the rock, there was a story in which they had to tell. Some talked about how the rock was, they, they chose, some chose massive rocks. And they did so because it was the burdens in which they were releasing and the reminder of the incredible weight of freedom that was now put upon their shoulders. Beautiful, a beautiful quote, weight of freedom. Others brought tiny rocks, talking about how everything in their life was now representative of David, where this single stone, a tiny stone, killed a giant. But everybody had a story and everybody had a testimony. And those testimonies over the day just washed down the river. And it was, it was a moment to watch people go from being burdened by this earth to truly be free within. And in, a, in a, such an amazing way that they will always have a point in their place in their life to be able to pivot back to. Yesterday was a, was a maturing as well for so many things. And it was a place to step in for me into this new gift, which truly was, it was declared a week ago yesterday when I was up in Ohio with Michelle and Leah, as Father said that Bards Nation Ministries is now real. And I've never declared this as an official ministry, even though I've said it is, but it's, it, we are, this is now working and functioning as a ministry as God led and as God leads. And so yesterday was a point of turning over to him so much of what we've been talking about and doing here on this channel to let it come to life and to watch how that works on me and how that works on everything I share and say. There is a perception, I think, in this world that men somehow, I, I think I would encapsulate it, is if you're tough, you just need to get over it and keep moving on. If, you're, if you carry weights and burdens, you're somehow not a man. And that's one of the bigger lies that exists out here. Men's camps typically, I, would, I don't know that I would be a fan of a lot of men's camps, but this men's camp is different because here in this place, this is about vulnerability. And this is a place where people's hearts get opened and the burdens that they share get unloaded. And so it, it, it isn't filmed. It isn't live streamed because it's personal. 
And it's where people leave things here. And when they, we talk about leaving things here, it's the things that keep them from being a better father. It's the weights that have caused them to stumble, sometimes big ways, such as addictions. It's the things to release to love their wives better. It's the things to let leave behind so that they can become a better father, a husband, a leader in their community, and ultimately a better man. And it's what's missing so much in our society. When we talk about the principles of, of changing a nation and talking about what it takes to change a nation, and I've said this many times, we're not going to go forward unless we change the moral base and fabric of this nation. And part of that is restoring the fathers. And so that leads us back to that same discussion we had last week, which was part of everything I presented here. Not because I think it's a cool new fad idea to push, but because fathers truly put it on my heart. And it goes to the seed. And so I'm going to share this again because there's, with, over the last few days, there's been a great deal of clarity on that message that has been refined and it's something that I have witnessed, the power of speaking it here. And I've witnessed the willingness to step in and say, I was wrong, forgive me, and now how do we make this right? The whole story centered on what happened on my way up to Ohio. And it was based on my experience initially at the Ark, the Ark experience. And what was there was shown over and over, so much so that I've taken probably 20 audio notes by the time I was done, which is unusual for me. And it all tied back to Adam and Eve, the ambush in the garden, and the separation of Eve from, the separation of the, of the innocence of Eve and Adam, all through Eve taking a bite of the apple. All of that was designed to split apart the balance of what God gave us. God made us in his image, man and woman, which means there is a, there is a two-side issue of the Holy Spirit. There is the man and there is the female. And this is something that when you get into doctrinal nonsense in the church, people don't want to look at this. And so they start to proclaim heretic and everything else because when you say female and you tie it to the Holy Spirit, the first thing they want to tell you is it's not doctrinal and that it's, it's some sort of new age garbage. But it's functionally, it is absolutely a doctrinal and factual because there is man and woman. And the last time I checked, we have two genders, not one. And so at the root of that is to understand what happens when you strip away the balance that's supposed to be within the man. And what ends up happening, as God showed, is that it then becomes subject the man becomes seated and subject to the arts of war rather than the crafts and the balance of wisdom and leadership and stewardship. We talked about those things here. And I think what's important to understand is I'm talking to men. Many of these men are people that have been through lives that have made them tougher than some of the toughest people I know. And their hearts are so open for this. And they've come to understand that in living environments, like in prison, for example, or living in a solitary confinement in one of the toughest prisons in California for 18 months, that's one person here, they have come to, balance, to understand that there's a balance that's needed in life, that you have to have both the male and the feminine to be able to become greater within he. And we were able to get to the root of what has happened 
to so much of us in the demasculization of the world. Our men are weak in this nation because the, the war that's been waging on them has been breaking them down step by step. It's been stripping them of the balance of the man and the woman. It's turning them into, on one hand, it turns them into hot, angry, and aggressive, and it doesn't give them the wisdom, the empathy, and the balance of what is needed to be a true father in a family. I would argue that you could take this right to the root of most of the problems today. Why we have alcoholism, why we have drug abuse, why we have abuse in the family, why we have porn addictions, and it continues. And I can argue that not just because I believe it, but because over the last few days I've witnessed it. And I've witnessed it firsthand. Just watch what happens when we work together as men to embrace that which we have missed. And it's not just simply snapping of fingers and making things better, but so much of this is unweighting burdens. And it, I think because of sensitivity, some of the things I can't reveal all these stories. But I will, I will give you an example last night just of a story, which I'm going to keep very generic, of somebody who's been carrying a weight their whole life that had to do with their first marriage. This man held in my arms and cried for 20 minutes, unloading a burden that he had been carrying for over 50 years. This is the vulnerability that men are not supposed to have. This is the vulnerability that makes men strong. This is the vulnerability that when we strip it down and we put ourselves before God and God says, you are now exposed fully to me, God then begins to rebuild. And it's that place that we start to understand in our society that tries to denounce anything vulnerable because it doesn't translate to the Rambo image of, of a man. We miss any, the, the place of what God needs us to do. And men have a big burden to carry. And not discounting anything of, of women, but men have a big burden to carry because in this world, this war has been against men and we are never going to be able to win this war without rebuilding our men. And it's that simple. The processes that we've gone through this last few days have even got down to the core of something I talked about last week, which is even the place of men choosing to have vasectomies. Last night as I sat down, it was near the end of the night, a long day yesterday between what we were doing in deliverance and the, and the baptismals, and then I was the, I was the speaker last night. I sat down just in the front of the, of the worship hall, just taking a moment, and a guy came up to me. He sat next to me. He said, I need to talk to you about something. I said, let's go. He says, I'd never heard anybody talk about a vasectomy the way you did. He said, I did one a long time ago. And he says, I have two boys. And he said, I'm now sitting here with the understanding that I, as a man, aborted babies before they were ever able to be born. I want you to let that set in for a minute. That's not somebody carrying guilt. It's somebody seeing the truth and the actions that the society has led men to do. And while this may be an uncomfortable topic when you talk about some of these personal vulnerabilities, it's anchored in truth, a fantastic truth, and one which you start to understand how disrupting God's creation, which is the, truly the foundation of what we're supposed to be doing, has been stealthily put into place in the, in the families, Families have now been able to determine whether they're going to have one child, five child, or ten children, and not realizing that children are some of the greatest blessings God could ever give us. And so we've turned ourselves into gods. 
we've made decisions to interrupt the flow of creation because principal function is there. And this is where some of the reactions have come about, which is, and I get this all the time, even here initially we got some of it. Yes, but what about pleasure? It's like God didn't tell you you can't have pleasure. What God is telling you is that everything is tied ultimately to creation and the function of expanding the kingdom. So within the place of that, there is the power as we walk within the love of the Holy Spirit. And that's the love and foundation that we're supposed to be building with our, our partner, our spouse. It's our spouse, meaning husband or wife. And as we build that anchor root, then the function of the physical aspects of our expression of love always seek to receive the blessing of God, whether it's with children or not. And this is where when we intercede and we begin to say, well, we only want two children. That's not God's plan. And so to have men give testimony to this on their own, to come to me and say, how many children did I not have that God would have provided because I focused on the me rather than on him. I share this because this message is at a core of importance that's beyond scope. And it's one right now, and we restore a nation, and we restore our men, we're going to have to get to the seed, and we have to get to the root. And those are not easy things to do, to have to bear testimony and place that before the throne to seek forgiveness and to reset this path. And this is exactly what's been happening here on many different levels. This is just part of this healing. But when you see it go work through and you see the burdens lifted off and you see men stand up again and you see them become those with eyes of fire, you start to see something else that we've been missing. And what you see is the righteousness in their eyes to step up and say, I will defend the children. And that is the root of all of this. When men have been taken away from the roles of fathers, their relationship in the family has been denigrated the society amps up that role of the woman and tells the man that he needs to stay home and cook. Nothing wrong with cooking, by the way. I'm a good cook. I love working in the kitchen, which I think you get my point. The roles of the men are stripped, and the leadership of the men is taken away. And then they go through the process of demasculization. And whatever that is, it's always about not letting God continue. And the men get watered down to a principal framework where literally their lives in this modern day revolve around sexual pleasure and material things. And that's the break of the chains that have to be broken if we want to reset this nation. And in breaking those chains and setting that free, we start to raise up a nation of mighty men in God. And as you have mighty men in God that are willing to step in and protect the children, you start to recreate the foundations of families, which once again rebuilds a nation. This is all at the core of what last week Leah, Michelle, and I talked about in terms of the family revolution. We had the sex revolution in the 60s. We saw its destruction. We saw what it did. And it has done nothing but waylay an institution that God created now we need to turn the tables and turn that revolution back on its head. The sad part about it is the churches have, been, have embraced much of this, and they've done so because of ease and convenience. They've done so because it's easier to go with the flow than to stand up against the mob. And they are. this is why we see churches that are, because so much of what they're doing is financially driven anyway. 
This is why you see churches embracing the LGBTQ agenda, or you see churches encouraging men to get vasectomies. I can't tell you how many men have told me that, that they, in the churches they had been at, that was part of the counseling. What, this is a lunacy beyond lunacies. And it's because the church in its fundamental way is not walking and speaking the true word of the gospel. It's not speaking the word of Jesus. And nowhere in there does it say, men, sever your seed. And yet here we are. So these, this power in which we live right now, this walk that we're in right now, is one that is God is putting on our hearts. And I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that he's in the process right now of just refining the remnant. And he's looking for those hearts that will seek him in all his glory. And this is going to require a lot of transformation and a, and a lot of release and a lot of bumpy roads. But they don't have to be hard roads when we come together as a community and we work together. And that's another thing we see here. Is when you see men of all walks of life, and I mean all walks of life, willing to open up their hearts, you see the compassion of men return. You see the, the hardened guys here that turn their hearts to God and they stand together and they release these things and then in the process they you see it in their eyes the fire returns all this weight that has beat them down you can see them when it hangs on their shoulder it hangs on their ankles as they try to drag it that's not what the god that's not what god wants his men to be and that's not what god wants his children to be and we need mighty men of god healing is another part of this both physical and spiritual and as we, people are delivered from the burdens, the healing and the inner healing is where so much of this resolves. And some of that is often just sitting with the Holy Spirit, revealing the truth, and letting God heal the wounds inside. When you witness that firsthand, and you watch the tears flow, and you watch the weights lift, and you see smiles return, and you see sparks and light in the eyes to come back again, and you witness it before you, you witness freedom. And that's the true power of how God works in our lives to give us freedom when we lift those weights off. This happens all over. And you begin, you begin to see the layers here as these are pulled away. These are men that have been in this church for many of them for many years. And these are men here that have been through these processes more than once. But something happened here the last few days. And I think with Pete Chambers here and and uh, Brian and myself, and even Jared, who had come down from Oregon, he's a, he, uh, a friend of mine, he showed up. And what we witnessed were people here that got to feel what we had in Kentucky. And in the bottom line, I think that speaks a lot to what we carry in our heart. Kentucky didn't come to the Glad Tidings Church men's camp. The Holy Spirit came with us that had been there and settled in here and it's everywhere and you can feel it there's a different energy there's a different level of of release there's a willingness to step into places that perhaps they wouldn't have treaded before and all of this leads to the greater understanding in the works of our lord all of these things said we have to start opening our eyes our hearts up to what god is trying to bring to us He's speaking to us. He's giving us the words of the prophetic. He's giving us the tools to deliver. 
and the willingness to do so. He's giving us the tools to heal, both internal and external. There's a guy here. We've been working with him for a couple of days. Crippled up, can hardly walk. In fact, it was so bad. Yesterday, he was walking. This is a, this is a campground area under the trees in the mountains. And as he's walking, he can hardly walk. And so three of us came to him and began to work with him on healing. I believe, and I, I hope you do, because I believe that through the power of prayer, we can heal anything. But so much of that is also how well received that prayer is by the person that's carrying the years of baggage. And that's the part of deliverance. That's where we have to separate those anchors and those weights as they release those and we, see, we seek healing. So much is accomplished. And this is what we witnessed yesterday. This is a, this is a man that isn't healed yet. But I watched a man who could hardly walk. The most painful thing to witness is a person who's walking with a cane crippled up and dragging one leg, trying to get to their hooch. And you know, we sat and prayed for him. And he was able to, I would just tell you, he was able to walk more free than he has in years. He's not free yet, but that next step is the hard one. That's the one where he has to cut free the burdens of what he carries on his heart. And hopefully we can do it today. But God has in my heart very clearly that he can be healed like anybody. And when we start to witness these powers of what God's glory is in our world, we are witnessing the miracles of the living God. Our commission is always the same. And it remains the same, but it, it lights up with the glory of, and the of heavenly fire. Just share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the sick and the broken. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. And seek to do greater works than he. I'm in on all of that. And the more that I walk this path, the more that I turn myself over to God, I'm just like, God, I'm all in. Because ultimately, it doesn't take a complicated amount of things to do in our, our life. We like to tell our testimonies. We need to, to get them out. But unfortunately, if we're not careful, those testimonies themselves can be a new albatross around our neck because we tend to live in our stories rather than set them free. And the process that we're trying to get to is where we set these stories free and in the, in the sense, set ourselves free. So as that goes, set yourself free, keep yourself free, help others to become free. That mission set never changes. And the tools of war with the field manual of the Bible we literally have everything in that Bible we need to transform a world through our prayers and the power of love and the power of the Holy Spirit. I would tell you, if someone had told me a year ago where I'd be right now, I probably wouldn't have believed it. I also know that there's people in my life, important people in my life, that saw that it was the light within me, and they believed in me, they prayed for me, and I've seen a transformation in myself that I humbly place myself before God and say thank you. That change is one that now I stand in a place mightier than I ever thought I would be in a, in a way of kingdom. A place where there is no fear, even the deepest seeds of it are gone. And there's a place where understanding what God has me here for becomes such a determined mission and such a defined role as a man that you become greater in this world and greater in his service than you can possibly ever be. 
these testimonies are there for you to reflect on. The testimonies I give of my own journey is a part that we all share, and we do. And so the witness of what you see in me is also a reflection of how your heart has also changed because God is working with all of us, not just one of us, and he doesn't limit it to one. The sky is the limit. There's no limit of how far we can go or how great we can be. And the only limitation, though, is our minds of what we tend to box God in doing and trying to tell ourselves of what we can and can't do or what God will or won't do. And so it is important that we set ourselves before the throne and begin a process of unhooking ourselves from the past, stepping in boldly into the gap and starting to rise up to be truly what God intended us, which is the children of the Most High. The earth groans in anticipation of the awaking of the sons of God. And this is the hour. This is truly the hour in which we live to make that choice to step in and to be greater than we can ever imagine because it's us functioning beautifully within the body of Christ, receiving the gifts and talents that God gives us, leading into them and seeing where he'll take us. The first night here, Thursday night, I gave the opening talk. I can't tell you much of what I talked about. It was purely a fire talk of Holy Spirit. What I do know is what God gave me in that moment was an unbelievable gift. And it's what set this whole chain of events off, which led to over 100 people, over 80 people, excuse me, about 100 people being baptized yesterday and watching so many be free. And what was it? He gave me eyes to see inside someone's heart, to see deep within the pains and be able to talk it through. And there were some moments that were pretty crazy because it's hard when you walk up to somebody sometimes and have to tell truths and you're doing it face to face. But there's another thing. This wasn't just online. This was face to face, eyes to eyes. What always was there was the root of, of love and the root of truth. And that doesn't change. And as we approach this and we talk to one another with that foundation and talking from the space of love and the focus of truth, it has an amazing way of breaking down barriers even when there's hard truths that have to be spoken. It's not an easy thing to tell a man, as I did, that you're playing games with Jesus. Your heart is teasing you and you're letting it happen so that your ego can rise up and you can tell yourself that you follow Jesus. The tension in that moment was palpable in the room. This was a big dude. and. We stared at each other and I spoke with him and just like, brother, I'm telling you it's from love, but you're deceiving yourself. He received that with thank you. And later he came up to me and I gave him a hug and he broke down and cried and told his testimony of what was been burdening him since he was young. And it's centered always on the same types of things. It's, it's the lack of love in the, when they're young. It's the longing for something just to be just to be loved. See, even tough men at the core seek that place to be loved because life out here on, on their point in which we walk, there are heavy burdens to carry. And so I say this also for the wives out there. Your man needs a partner. You don't need an enemy. If you're fighting in this war, you need to be fighting back to back against the enemy, not face to face against each other. And this is the part of getting inside the family because it has to be like this. 
If we don't start building teams and understanding that the role of the man and the woman is to defend the family and the children and understanding that these attacks, whether it's pornography or whether it's some addiction or even the choices of having the alterations to prevent you from permanently having children, vasectomies or having hysterectomies or having tubes tied, these sorts of events are all wars against the family and wars on the unity of the two. God puts us together where two become one. And in the one, we birth a new being. And that new being is the steward of a family. And when you start to weaken one part of that, it creates an imbalanced yoke. And we have to create the balanced yoke. So women, I say this to you as well. Don't forget about your man. Don't forget that what you give them in, their, in your support, your wisdom, your compassion, your love, isn't just physical. It's part of the spiritual balance in which every man needs. It was stripped away in the garden. And now it's time for the women to step in as well to help their husbands rise up and to be greater men in he. This is a team effort, not a single one. And in sitting here with men only in this time when we had families last week, it becomes so evident how much damage has been done. But the good news is God can heal all things and he is healing in a miraculous way. So my walk here is equally blessed because as I'm here as a voice, as God leads, to share his words and his interpretations of events, I'm also finding myself dealing with my own pasts in different and deeper ways. And I share their walk and I share their pains. And these pains are heavy burdens, ones that I don't have. But I'm there, as others are here, to lead people through, to raise them up and see truly the army which God designs start to come to life. At the core, that's what all this is. This is a walk of raising up the mighty men and the army of God. And it anchors itself on the three things that we've already spoken in terms of Operation Vineyard. We have to rescue the children. We have to heal the men. And we have to restore the family. And when we put those things together, that means that women, your role is absolutely critical beyond any measure. You're the nurturers in the family. You're also part of defending the family, and you're the part that helps the man become whole. When we put those things together, we start to realize that the enemy always wants us fighting each other rather than fighting him. We've, we change that paradigm. This country, this world would change literally overnight. But we have to get back to the root. We have to get back to the seed. We have to get back to the function of who we are. We are intended to be the agents of creation. God gave men the seed and women the womb to bring that creation into the world. And with that, if we understand and preserve that greatest gift, don't interfere with it or try to be gods to decide how it will work or when. When we step into that mighty place, this world transforms in, at a speed and rate which I would argue will be unimaginable for us to witness. For those and walk a path that have disrupted that flow of creation, this is a time now to repent. And it's a time now to have God guide you into what needs to be done. The gentleman that sat next to me yesterday, who gave testimony to his vasectomy, who had came to the understanding and realization that he had been part of the male side of abortion, having prevented children from coming into this world, who sat there with a heavy heart to admit that he had to question now and think about all the children that God may have wanted for his family and him. 
that he chose to disrupt his process after repentance as God had led was to take his new his testimony now and teach it to his sons and others to make sure that it would never happen again this is how we win and it's part of how they have been defeating us stealthily and destroying the root of what God gave us in this world these are big reflections and are big things to consider because every single family at the end of the day has been one way or another been affected by this mentality of disrupting and breaking God's gift of creation and it's a shift in time that we have to make in terms of our faith so much of our family decisions are based on economics not leaning into him and that's just it is once we start to turn to God rather than turn to the institution the values in which our world works the priorities in which we place all change the children we go back to it again and again woe be to he who does or causes the little ones to do harm for he would be better to have a millstone around his neck it is the only place in the Bible that a crime and a punishment are given it's the only place in the Bible that we don't hear of the forgiveness that Christ spoke of and it's important to understand what I'm saying God values his children he values them as the greatest gift that every family should ever receive I've walked that path of making those mistakes but I will assure you of one thing I will and have repent I will change the course of my life I will get myself back in the right alignment with God and I will become a voice to raise up mighty families even if I don't have one of my own but I know that what's here is that we've missed something huge something so significant that it's why we are in this state today and if we change it the blessings of heaven will begin to flow and with it the mighty and glory of God will enter this nation once again but we have to make that step and what I witnessed here the last few days is there are mighty men here that are willing to make that step and make that admission and step forward and start changing the root and returning the seed to the nation this is an hour for us to reflect and this is an hour for us to get deep within who we are and who we need to be and when we get back to the root we are going to find that this nation that is so deeply corrupted and it's all coming through a demonic spirits and it's again at its core when we start to build and defend the family again start to see the family with the blessings of unlimited children whatever God gives us not questioning how many I can afford but listening to God as the gift when we start to realize that that's how we are blessed and how this nation grows we are looking at a change in events and time that will literally turn night to day that's the path I choose to walk put in my heart my eyes open my eyes clear it's the glory of God and it's one that I want to see come to life in a nation to really restore a nation to literally be one nation under him Patriots let's pray father as we sit here today and re and we've reflected on this path the eyes open to the root of who we are and the power of creation a gift given to us that we have taken for granted or passed by is just part of a function of a biological being forgetting that 
the principle of who we are and why we are so powerful goes to the core that we have been given the power of creation. So, Father, we're asking today for a blessing. And that blessing we're asking for is that that seed of creation, that understanding of the glory of the gift given, be set upon the heart of every man, that he may understand truly that this is a moment in time and an hour that each man has to step forward and start being that which you intended him to be, the balance of both the male and the female, the balance and the, and the carrier of the seed to populate the earth. And with that, each man needs a woman, one that balances him, that loves him not in the physical, but anchors their love in the spiritual. So, Father, I'm declaring that and asking that before the throne and asking that that blessing can settle in upon a nation to restore truly the true sense of what love is and to start that flow which will take time, but you are the, you are the miracle of time. They will awaken the true sense of mighty men in God, save the children, and restore the family. So, Father, guide us in this hour. Bless us. Bless the men of this nation. May they stand up and be stronger than they've ever thought possible by being vulnerable and by anchoring themselves in the balance of who they are. We aren't just men of war. We need to be men of God. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, I mean, there won't be a show tonight. There typically isn't one on Saturday anyway, but I thought I'd throw this one up today because I haven't been, I have been out a bit. Um, things are scheduled as normal for Sunday, tomorrow. Next week, um, I'm going to be doing some deliberate, I'll be at the Isaiah 61 conference, and we'll see how that goes. We may have some uh, podcasts done by Michelle and Lee of the Resistance Chicks, and also possibly depending on their schedule, because I don't want to overburden that. And there might be some guest shows with Jim Conley. So either way, um, that's coming uh, next week. I'll try to do, I mean, I'll be here as much as I can through the week. I'll still be down in Glad Tidings most of the week, and then I'll be returning the following week. So full schedule next week, lots of shows to do, lots of things to do. Um, and it's um, a great time, truly, to be walking with the Lord. So take some time today. Take some time to reflect on your walk with the family. Take some time today to praise God for the gifts of all you've been given. Take some time today to step in and say yes, because of all the things that we say to the Lord, to our God, yes is the only thing he really needs to hear. Because once you say yes, the doors are open. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you Sunday morning tomorrow for Prayer Sunday. We've got a lot of healing to do. Have it in your heart that we can change the world because we will. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. 
we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. 
We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.